LMT is a lens by which you assess all economic understanding. The street is full of corruption. It is baked in to every aspect of our society. 1900s, Lenin was predicting global finance capital would do all the things it's doing today. This is written over 100 years ago. All right, everybody, it is Steve, the Rogue Scholar. And folks, before I dive into today's topic, I admit it, I, I suck. You know, we all have a blind spot. My blind spot, sadly, is, is that I am a football fan. I love the NFL. Can't get out of the way. It's like one of those things where I'm sure it makes me a bad leftist at some point or another. I love hockey and baseball, too, so I'm I'm all kinds of screwed up. But I'm also, more importantly, a lifelong Washington fan, whether it be the Washington Capitals, the Washington Nationals, the old Washington Bullets, Les Boulets, a la the Wizards, the D.C. United, all things D.C. And that means also by default, the Commanders. And just a few minutes ago, news broke that Dan Snyder, jackass extraordinaire and creator of many many horrible weekends of my life for the last 20 years apparently is going to sell the team so whoopie do we'll probably get jeff bezos owning the team one billionaire oligarch to another billionaire oligarch whatever right anyway that's that's my pop culture moment but today we're going to talk about something even more interesting and Joe Rogan saying the quiet part out loud. And, you know, I don't, I'm not a Joe Rogan fan. All of you know that, um, but I want to share this article with you. It's not anything super fantastic, but it sets the stage for a, a larger conversation. So let's go ahead and share this particular article. It's on Uproxx and there's other places you can find this article. He says, Joe Rogan, and let's make sure I got it right. Yeah, there we go. Let's make it full screen. Let's just make it full screen. You don't need to see my mug. Then here he says, uh, Joe Rogan referenced The Shining while predicting a red wave for Republicans at midterms. And here's the the video, but we're not going to. And he says, Joe Rogan has shared his thoughts on next week's midterm elections, and he's predicting a bloodbath for Democrats. Rogan, who has bristled in the past about being called a secret conservative, nothing secret about a homeboy's wide out there, no matter what any sycophants say, because he has a, an occasional non-Nazi-like uh, <laughs> approach to things, whatever, big effing deal. Rogan is not my miambre, Okay. But he didn't do much to counteract that theory while opining that the Democrats are out here making Republicans because of their position on topics like climate activism, COVID mitigation, and yup pronouns. Here's Rogan's reasoning for why a red wave is coming that will be on par with the elevator doors opening and the shining media media. When it comes to more divisive topics, Rogan suggests there are a lot of people that are afraid of talking about it, but they're not afraid about voting about it because there's a lot of people that are afraid of reprisal. They're afraid of getting attacked and they'll silently when they're amongst friends going, what the fuck is going on? Like, what is going on? And those people, that's going to be responsible for the red wave. Rogan's guest comedian Bridget uh, Fatasi agreed at, with this premise by citing that a family member who supports DeSantis now 
although she never gets to into why that's happening. I had a family member who's a boomer and a diehard liberal, and they told me when I was home this summer that they would vote for Ron DeSantis, Fetasi said. And I'm like, how did you lose to this person? How did you lose to this person? This is a go-to ballot and a vote blue no matter what, and you've lost even the boomers. People becoming more conservative as they get older. Wow, what a strange new phenomenon. That's never happened before. It's probably because of the vaccines. Look what you did, liberals. (laughs) Anyway, so I want to get to this, though. I want to talk about this for just a second. All this stuff is, is really kind of silly because at the end of the day, the thing that separates Republicans and Democrats is, in fact, those silly weaponized identity politics the right wing can say hey man it's icky 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 man talking about gay stuff i mean can you imagine these republicans sitting there envisioning butt sex and like oh it's so gross i can't quite get past it and it's like dude you know have you ever gone knuckle deep beyond the borderline i mean listen to uh tool it's like this may hurt a little but i'm sure it's something you'll get used to whatever Anyway, I mean, the, the ick factor is always the concern with the, the, the right wing. Well, so these kind of id poll kind of, uh, you know, issues easily separate people. But the thing that is not being spoken about is the fact that there are all these purple Dixiecrats that are right wing to begin with. And the only reason why they vote Democrat is because some tradition has nothing to do with whether they're ideologically different or not. And so obviously the, the uh, repeal of Roe v. Wade, you know, in the courts probably created uh, a groundswell for a lot of traditional type Democrats to stay within the party to vote against that. But unfortunately, or whatever, we never really talk about what creates the problems that the Democrats have because the Democrats are really not producing anything that produces an option. So people going to the right wing, they're not really choosing anything different. I mean, they're choosing something that is more sinister in terms of overtly sinister, less bedside manners. But the reality is, is that what they won't do to separate themselves is talk about economic justice. Okay. And because they don't talk about economic justice and that's what's going on, folks. The inflation is about economic justice because what is causing the inflation to listen to the narrative right now? You would think that the the reason is big Joe's a big spender spending on all these social programs and getting co-ed bathrooms or whatever the fuck ever makes their little heads explode. But that's the point. It's exactly the point. Desert Manus, both sides, both parties serve the same capitalist owners. And that may seem like a big nothing to you. But the problem is, is that the GOP is better at messaging their shitty lies than the Democrats are. The Democrats' shitty lies always play on your heartstrings, like they somehow or another make you feel sorry for someone, when in reality, you're planning on doing the same goddamn thing. And that's the problem. And I want to show you because I've got a book here. This book right here. I'm going to be interviewing the author for Macro and Cheese on Friday, okay? This is called The Capital Order and uh, How Economists Invented Austerity and Paved the Way to Fascism. Now, listen, 
I've said this to you all countless times. Countless times I have said this. Check my tape. I've said it on Status Quo. I've said it on Real Progressives. I've said it on Real Progress in Action. I've said it on Macro and Cheese. I've said it everywhere. Okay, but this right here is a phenomenal author, a phenomenal educator, and her name is Clara Matei. And she writes about how austerity paved the way to fascism. Now, there's an unfortunate and what I consider to be, honestly, disgraceful uh, way of existing, and that is to protect a party, to, to, to vote blue no matter who, or to vote red no matter how whatever. I mean, come up with the rhyme. I am repulsed by people that put party above truth. And so the narratives that go on out there are so unsatisfying, so terribly unsatisfying. And they're unsatisfying to everyone for different reasons. But when you understand that fascism, literal fascism, real fascism, honest to God, the real deal fascism was created through austerity. And the difference between this fascism and that fascism, going back, when you look at the Nazis and you look at Mussolini, you think about World War One, and you think about what happened to the Weimar Republic, and you think about what happened to Germany. Germany had aggressed on the world, okay? Germany had done a bunch of things, and there's a lot of deep history here, and this is not going to be that deep historical analysis, sadly. I would love to, but it's not. <clears throat> um, but France, never afraid to make life a little bit harder on someone, decided to make the Germans from World War I really, truly suffer. And so the Treaty of Versailles was imposed and the debt was payable in a foreign currency, a currency that the German people did not own or create, and that was in the French franc. By issuing debt in the French franc, what they did was they made it so that Germany could not in any way, shape, or form use their power of fiat currency to get out of that debt. But Germany had to produce something of value to go ahead and get the foreign reserves of French francs that needed to be able to pay its debt. Okay, well, the productive capacity of Germany had been crushed. The entire industrial sector crushed. There was a massive strike that went on at the same time, crushed Germany's ability to do this stuff. So austerity was kind of put on to Germany as a result of the Treaty of Versailles and the subsequent union uh, uh, strikes that took place, the kind of uh, industrial strikes that took their productive capacity from very, very limping along to non-existent. So what happens? That austerity created the grounds from which Adolf Hitler took power, okay? Now, Adolf Hitler, what he did after he took power is the stuff of nightmares, right? And, and it's on the historical record, and there's unfortunately probably some really bad people out there that deny it. But what he did was... After the fact, what led to him becoming what he was, what led to him taking over Germany, albeit in a weird kind of a hostile duality, was the austerity, was the fact that the German people's whole existence had been beaten down to the point where they saw no alternative. They were desperate for a savior, okay? And because they were desperate for a savior, 
In comes this guy, Adolf Hitler, who says, I can make Germany great again. Make Germany great again, right? So walks in, here you go, Adolf Hitler, do your thing, man. So he comes in there to make Germany great again. But the problem is that to make Germany great again, they created all these things with Josef Mengele and uh, Himmler and Goebbels and the rest of them coming up with all this occult stuff. Okay, so Germany went off the rails, way off the rails. But that's not the point. The point is austerity created that. And it was a creation by the false scarcity nerve and the lack of understanding of how economics works. And as a result of that, you got Adolf Hitler. Enter in the Democratic Party, who is, gets to manage the post-Trump era and has a pandemic to kind of midway through and also the subsequent inflation that the gouging did, and also now the lack of health care, all the exposures to supply chains, you name it. All of these uh, aspects of what you see happening today. And the Democratic Party does not have a good story for why inflation is happening. They don't have a good story on what they're going to do to tampen down inflation. And so what they've done is not only did they milk toast around the student debt because the inflation bug was inserted into that conversation. So naturally, once inflation is thrown up, they can walk away from doing any meaningful student debt relief. That's the easy stuff. They can get rid of all these concepts of spending because after all, inflation, because they've lied and told you that by spending money, the government spending money, that anytime the government creates money and spends it, that it creates inflation. And that again is where bad people go to die because the Milton Friedman School tells everyone that when inflation is purely a result of printing money. That's literally what libertarians tell each other at bedtime. That's what they tell their wives before they make love to them or have sex or whatever it is that libertarians do with their spouses. I don't know what they do. I mean, they're weird, right? And then you've got Republicans that tell stories in church about how they printed money and it made the baby Jesus roll over on his cross. So they've got all these things that they come up with, all these different ways of trying to paint these things out so that you have a false understanding. Well, because of that, because the Democrats cannot answer these questions and because they have zero, zero inclination for economic justice because they are a capitalist party and they know that by giving people services, by creating citizens benefits, they are creating in the United States what they're seeking to undo in the UK, what they're seeking to undo in Germany, what they're seeking to undo in Australia what they're seeking to undo around the world with their neoliberal austerity plans brought on by your favorite place, the IMF, the International Monetary Fund, which the United States government has the uh, veto power and everything else. It is controlled by the United States, controlled with the U.S. dollar, and it is able to institute austerity in countries around the world. This is what's happening in Ukraine with the EU and with the battle in Russia, even though we frequently see people talking about people being Putin puppets and all the other lesser specimen type uh, comebacks, okay, the lesser minded stuff. They don't understand the economics because every time you say follow the money, right, you say follow the money. 
But you don't. You stop short because it defies your party's messaging. And because you don't understand this stuff inherently on your own, you take the party's programming and you suck it down. But the problem is a lot of people are rejecting that programming. A lot of people that have been lifelong Democrats are actually rejecting that programming. And as a result of them rejecting that programming, they say, well, what do you want to do? Vote for Biden? So now they're going to go red, right? So this red wave that Rogan clearly sees, aside from polling and stuff like that, Democrats have no bench. And every time Democrats have somebody that even remotely seems progressive, they clip their wings, they neuter them, they shut them up, they put them in a back room, they put them downstairs in the office building with Milton and his red stapler. They wait for them to walk out the door and burn the building down. They, I mean, literally, there is no way progressives are making it through within the Democratic Party. The machine won't allow it, okay? You saw, I mean, who did not have excitement when AOC stood on Pelosi's desk with all those kids from the, uh, uh, what do you call it, Sunrise Movement? I mean, I, I thought that was great. I had hope for the first time since Bernie had capitulated. It was like the moment where I had some hope. It didn't take long for it to be dashed when every chance they had to do something better or different or correct, they went ahead and suckled into Mama Bear. And people see that everyone, everyone, except for the, the Pumas, except for the Pantsuit Nation, despises Nancy Pelosi. Everyone except for the Pumas and the Pantsuit Nation hate Hillary Clinton. They hate Pete Buttigieg, except for that little group of people. But these are the people they keep putting up there. And people know that. I mean, I hate them. Okay, they, they are horrible. That doesn't mean I'm going to go rush out and vote Republican. So this voting thing is kind of silly, right? But it is definitely like dropping fertilizer, fertilizer on a field full of fascism seeds. That's what happens when you produce austerity, which is what they're doing with the interest rate hikes, which is what they're doing by cutting off the spigot for federal spending, which is what they're doing by trying to lay off millions of people to bring down inflation that's brought about not by printing money or anything else, but by people literally gouging and profiteering, gouging and profiteering. And they don't have any answer for that. Joe Biden's going to sternly warn them or sternly write a letter asking them to please, please, we're going to do a windfall tax on you, baby. We're going to do a windfall tax. Oh my God, too little, too late, and definitely just the wimpiest of all things. Instead of doing antitrust, instead of doing anything meaningful, instead of busting up these monopolies and, and really, really penalizing companies that are seen as gouging, they're just going to wave their hands and write a sternly worded letter. And truly disgracefully ignorant people will sit there and parrot out whatever Joe says. Whatever Joe Biden says, they'll repeat it ad nauseum. Okay. They will repeat it. And so right now, most don't understand how to combat this. These feckless sacks of shit allow the concept of there's too much money printed. So these fuckers are running around talking about there's money printing, and that's why we've got inflation. Most of you, most of them cannot answer how bullshitty that is. Okay? Now, pretend like this is a stack of money printed. 
I've said this before. Tell me how that creates inflation. Yeah, bring it up here. How does that stack of money create inflation? It doesn't. If I send every single person, period, come hell or high water, no matter what, I send every single person $2,000 right now. Having everyone have that $2,000 does not necessarily create inflation. Let me tell you what might create inflation. If all of a sudden everyone that got this $2,000 wanted to buy the same thing at the same time together, or large groups of people wanted to buy the same thing at the same time forever, okay, boom, now all of a sudden you've got a scarcity issue. Now you've got a real, real scarcity issue, right? But printing money, it's just like a big number. Who cares? It didn't create, that doesn't create anything. Now let's say hypothetically, I print 20 trillion pieces of paper. Print, print 20 trillion pieces of paper. Have a stack of prints of paper, right? Because we're printing money. If I give that to one person, same 20 trillion, that one person may say, well, I want to buy five mansions, six yachts. I might want to buy 40 Porsches or, you know, Lamborghinis or Maybachs or whatever other thing that rich people do. Infinity pools wrap around the house, infinity pools. I don't know. But after a point, they've spent everything they're spending. That didn't increase aggregate demand. It's only when aggregate demand rises to such a point and people have the ability to act on the demand, right? I have a demand. I need my teeth fixed. I have a problem. I have no money. Guess what? There's a demand, but there's no way of executing it. I don't have the money. So I can't do it. However, if you've got millions upon millions of people with fucked up teeth that can't go to the dentist because there's no real dental insurance and we suck as a nation because we allow neoliberals to continue privatizing because we're terrible people. We're awful people. We do this to the world, folks. Don't we? I mean, I'm an awful person. I'm an awful person because I'm an American citizen and I allow my country without constant rebuke to gouge the shit out of the world with price increases through interest rate hikes and more empire. I'm a shitty person for that. I admit it. I'm fighting about it, but it doesn't matter because I've been complicit. And unless you're totally weak and you can't handle any criticism, and there are a lot of bad people in this world that if you criticize them at all, they'll get in their feels. Awful, awful people, right? You've got to be able to take some criticism. And the fact of the matter is, we as a nation are exporting neoliberalism around the world. And it doesn't matter which administration is in there. Okay? Democrats do it. Republicans do it. Every single corporation they have laissez-faire does it. Okay? Until we're ready to fight back meaningfully, get out in the streets and fight back, we're complicit. We're saying, yeah, you know, that really is horrible, that empire thing, but... uh. Hey, man, when can I go to the beach? Hey, when can I uh, go check out a movie? Okay, so until we get serious about stopping us, we're complicit. So get over it. I know, I, why do people, they said something mean, it triggered me. I'm so angry. It's toxic. Fuck you. We're all bad. We all are complicit. See, I have to put it on me, too, so that the, the wackos that are, yeah, I can't take any criticism, those people feel, oh, he's not just pointing at me. He's talking about him, too. Yes, yeah. I'll take it on the chin just so you can hear the truth, okay? 
I'll take it on the chin so you can hear the truth. Well, when you're a regular blue, just a blue-collar person, right? I went to this freaking fantastic pig roast the other day. Friends up the street invited me. I wasn't going to go. I live in a very conservative area, my friends. Very conservative area. I'm like the token commie, if you will, okay? I live in central Pennsylvania where the stars and bars run free and gun racks are attached to every Ford F-150. So when I see the, the coal rolling and the Prius dusting and all the other stuff, I got to freaking go, oh, my God, this is the world I inhabit. Well, guess what? I have to inhabit it. So I go to this pig roast, and I'm hanging out, not for long, just making an appearance, being kindly and all, and they're having a good time. But I'm listening to the conversations. None of this stuff that we talk about, none of this stuff ever is talked about by them. The only thing they're talking about is Biden's inflation, Biden's high cost of gas, Biden's fecklessness, Biden creating these problems, Biden, 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 Biden. And look, a leftist can see it the same way for different reasons. Biden is not good in any way, shape, or form. This Congress flunked when it had a supermajority. The Senate failure always a parliamentarian waiting to happen or another mansion or cinema we supposedly had joe biden the great bridger of across the divide joe biden did shit okay he did shit so these people are ready to vote for anyone other than joe biden for anyone other than the democrats in congress for anyone other than them and it's closely followed by Democrats of the conservative variety and young people who aren't really sure and aren't really ideological, but just hate Joe Biden. So you're seeing a red wave coming for real. I mean, you really are. And I thought just hats off to our, uh, to our uh, Jules here who made my promo. You notice Jolton Joe Biden with the ice cream cone and the sunglasses surfing on the red wave. Anyway, if you don't understand the austerity narrative, though, and if you can't explain why there's inflation, you can't explain where the supply chains are coming, and you can't explain why you didn't give a $15 minimum, and you can't explain any of these things, and you're going out there celebrating $2 trillion in deficit reduction, if you're sitting there doing all those things, right, if you're doing that shit, I mean, you're feeding the narrative. The narrative is Democrats can't do the job. Reality is they're both doing the same thing. The narratives are slightly different because otherwise you're, it's like that glitch in the matrix. If they sounded too much alike, you wouldn't be able to determine the micro slicing, the microaggression between the two, right? You got to have that because economic populism is the deal. That's where it's at. Okay, you can't solve climate crisis without understanding economics. You can't solve any of the problems that we're talking about if you don't understand economics. And the Democrats know this. They've got people like Kelton in their ear. 
They've got people like Sarah Nelson in their ear. They've got these folks like Randall Ray in their ear. They hear this stuff from guys like Fadal Kaboob. They won't talk about it. Why? Because they're under orders just like the other side is under orders to serve the capitalist class. And nobody, nobody, nobody does Republicanism like Republicans. Nobody can be more Republican than Republicans. And so when they see the Democrats doing their Republican light tap dance, they say, why in the hell would I go for the one, you know, Diet Coke of evil? Why not just go full bore? Instead of the 1% evil, go for the full Monty, okay? And so this is where your red wave is coming from. I don't really, I don't really know how to reach people to make them understand the difference here because they're willing to fight. Like if you look around, there's this huge world and we've got all these real issues. I don't know how they determine what the issues are that we're all going to get excited about, but they really have a good plan of manufacturing consent and manufacturing these kind of debates and manufacturing outrage and manufacturing various things that keep people on the reservation, so to speak, or in, in line, in lockstep. Okay. And when you talk about austerity, and again, this is why I bring this book up. This book right here is really important and truly disgraceful people won't read it. What they'll do is they'll just sit there and echo back whatever the Democrats say. Now, I want you to know this is knowledge. This is real. This is the stuff that I live and die on is understanding that austerity leads the way to fascism, that austerity is murder. Okay. And because these people won't do this stuff, they cannot, they're in, they're physiologically incapable of thinking for themselves. And so they have to go with whatever Biden, the squad, Jaya Paul, whoever, doesn't matter, Bernie, anyone. They need their politician to tell them what to think. They're incapable of thinking on their own. And so when a guy like me comes up here and is not in any way, shape, or form rooting for Republicans, I'm not in any way, shape, or form rooting for the capitalist class of Democrats either. I'm rooting for you and I, folks. I'm rooting for us. I'm rooting for you. I'm rooting for your children. I'm rooting for your families. I'm rooting for the environment. I'm rooting for the ecology and the animals of the planet that we have stewardship over. I'm, I'm rooting for the oceans. Okay. And when I don't say I'm rooting for peace, I want to be a good global citizen, not a fucking policeman. I don't want to be out there creating distractions and killing people with war. <coughs> so, you know, I say this and I want you to understand that there's a deeper rabbit hole here to this too. So when you look at how your money is spent, that makes up your personal economy, your personal budget, your personal ability to survive, you notice that there's a lot of weird fines, fees, and penalties that make up your budget. And if you look at like your Google wallet or whatever electronic contraption you have that keeps track of the apps and services and streaming platforms and other things that you spend money on, you'll notice that there's all these micro slices of your money being spent going to this servicer, to this electronic servicer, to this group, to, to PayPal, to this 
PayPal to Venmo to all these different things. This is coming from a guy named Brett Scott who will be on one of our um, upcoming RP lives. I think it's in two weeks. I think it's the 13th of uh, November or something like that. But right here, cloud money. This going along with the austerity, the capital order, how uh, economists invented austerity and then paved the way to fascism. Clara Matei and Brett Scott. Like, I try to read as much as I can so you all don't have to read dumb books. I read as many of them as I can. And I come back and I try and introduce you to these topics so you're aware of them. Um, these are great books. And, and Brett really lays out what has happened with neoliberal finance capital in terms of transaction systems and the skimming of half pennies and skimming of money and skimming of data and the reselling of your data and all the other stuff that goes into the neoliberal framework of Silicon Valley. Okay. This system, there's a war on cash that's meant to enslave us further. There's all these things that are going on that fundamentally tie back together that are creating the grounds for fascism. Number one, it's exciting and titillating to be over there on the right because you're blazing trails within this kind of crypto space. It's exciting, right? It, but it's not, it's a Ponzi but they don't care. So affinity groups come together with the crypto stuff. Affinity groups come together about vaccinations. Affinity groups come together with all these different things. And collectively, what they've done is they've come together and become right-wing libertarians. Even if they don't know they are, that's what they've basically become, right-wing libertarians. And as a result of that, you're going to see a red wave. Now, I don't know what that means in the grand scheme of things. I mean, Joe Biden had every opportunity in the world to codify Roe v. Wade when he took over. He had a supermajority. Barack Obama had a supermajority. He had every ability to codify Roe v. Wade. Most people didn't even realize that Roe v. Wade needed to be codified with law because just because there was a uh, whatever you want to call it, um, a um, what's the word I'm looking for? Not a law, a court ruling. A court ruling that created basically precedents to say that a woman's right to choose is sacrosanct. The problem is they didn't back that up with a law. And so now, once again, an opportunity, if they were really serious from student debt to codifying Roe v. Wade, didn't happen. And they knew up front that Trump had stacked the courts with right-wing ideologues at the highest level and at the state level, local, federal, you name it. Donald Trump just flooded the court with these right-wing people. And their strategy is diabolic, diabolically evil and effective. Diabolically evil and effective. Okay. Um, by the way, uh, thank you, Virginia. Uh, $20 super chat, Brett Scott Sunday, November 13th, 3 p.m. Eastern time. It's RP live. Definitely check that out. Definitely check that out. Um, but anyway, point is, is that as we go through this, we know full well that even though Democrats say these things and we believe that they, there's some that mean it, the party itself serves capital. And anything that impedes or impacts capital's growth and, uh, you know, stranglehold on our ability to fight back, they're not, they're not going to prevent that. They're not. Um, <clears throat> so 
Yeah, exactly, Rick B. They knew 50 years ago uh, and chose to save the issue for campaigning. That's exactly correct. I can't divorce my knowledge. I can't play stupid. can't pretend I'm dumb. I mean, I might be dumb, but I can't pretend I'm dumber than I am so I can go along with the narrative. And I think that's hard for people to realize because they think in their minds they've got it all rationalized. Republicans are going to take away everything. Well, you could have a supermajority and you'll still wonder why the Republicans are able to strong will their will through. And people saw that. People saw the GOP be able to strong arm the Democratic Party during their reign here. And because they were so zealous in trying to um, kind of politic Hillary's defeat as a result of that. Oh, wow. Another super chat. Hold on one second. Let's read this here. JL, thank you so much. Economic social justice movement is the only way to counterman fascism. Amen. An understanding of modern monetary system is a must-have education. Thanks, Steve, for educating the new movement. Thank you so much. Absolutely. I, um, but they're not doing that, though, right? Because they're not doing that. Because they have not explained Social Security. Because they did not mint the trillion-dollar coin or get rid of the debt ceiling. Because they didn't do any of these things. They kept the, the parliamentarian in. They kept all the things. I mean, literally, every possible thing that they could have done, it's like, that meme where you see the guy shoving the stick through the front tire of the bicycle and going Republicans, right? I mean, Democrats are foil for the Republicans and vice versa, because they both play good cop, bad cop, depending upon what cycle you're in for the capital class. It's got to appear to be somewhat legitimate. Otherwise people reject the programming. This is not to say that there are not material harms that come from social shit that Republicans consistently do. It's just to say that the Democrats are literally not doing, if they're the good guys, and I don't believe they are, but if they're the good guys and they want to carry the mantle for the left, if they are proclaiming to be the left, there's nothing about them that speaks to the left. Okay. And the left, unfortunately, is splintered and tiny compared to the centrists that don't have an ideology, that don't understand anything other than how's my 401k doing? Okay. Can I buy bread at a cheap price? Is my gas too high? And that's the beginning and the ending of their ideology. Okay. So red or blue, color blood, it just don't matter. Suck so a die for life with a shotgun scouter colors, right? Whatever. They don't have any point of reference for any of the things we're talking about. Everything that I'm talking about would be like, what is that crazy fucker saying? What is he saying? Oh my God, what? he's just a fucking idiot. He's a right wing. Some idiot would do that. Some lesser specimen would do that. But the truth is you can't do what we're talking about doing. You can't save the environment with austerity. You can't make a more equal society with austerity. You can't make a more equal society pumping money up to the rich through interest rate hikes while suppressing people's ability to get their teeth filled on the back end. You cannot do it. 
and because they don't have the capacity to listen beyond a bumper sticker. Because all they know is that their 401k went up three points when so-and-so was in office, but now inflation, blah, blah, blah. It doesn't take long to realize that the pocketbook is going to rule the day. And as long as the Democrats play the party of fiscal responsibility, we're going to raise taxes, we're going to cut spending, we're going to raise interest rates, we're going to do austerity like it's our job. As long as that's who they do it. Yes, and Wesley, you're exactly correct. I'm, I'll get to that in a second. <clears throat> as long as we don't have a way of explaining these things, these people, without their ideological framework, without any kind of scientific analysis, any kind of political analysis whatsoever, these folks will continue to swallow whatever is thrown at them, and they will vote whoever's going to support their 401k plan. That's it. Everything that we talk about is like seven steps ahead of where they are. The idea of climate crisis. Oh, well, we'll just, you know, we'll bring some wind farms in. We'll do solar. It'll, it'll be great. That'll be the end of it. We're, we, we've mitigated climate crisis. Everybody go out and buy a Tesla. Hey, climate crisis averted. That's the level. That's it. And Wesley is correct. He says the right-wing narrative is dominating the discourse on inflation and is pushing the electorate to the right, happening in other Western countries. And he says, again, there was no real coordinated resistance to it outside of MMTers, who even sound finance socialists turned on. So just remember this. If MMTers are the only ones that fucking understand this, and yet you go listen to people that don't know MMT, don't talk MMT, have Richard Wolf come on and talk about their printing money and it's creating inflation. Richard Wolf doesn't understand the stuff either. With all due respect, without listening to MMT informed people, you're going to say the same dumb shit that allows the Reich wing. Notice I didn't say what party that Reich wing is the Reich wing narrative to win. It's not hard to understand why these things happen. It's really not, but there are people, it's more fun. Like I, I admit it, like I said, I started this uh, show off here talking about my Washington commanders and they're four and four on the year. <laughs> they were one and four under Carson Wentz. And for those of you who don't like sports, but that's okay, but you'll get my analogy here in a second. I want my team to win. I don't know why folks, I just do. Like something inside me wants them to win. Okay. And so I root for them, even when their owner's a piece of shit. Can't help it. I don't know why. I've been a you know, commander's fan, Washington fan, whatever, my whole life. Since I was born, my dad had me at training camp in Carlisle. So it's all been a part of my life forever, right? Same way it is for Vote Blue, and the same way it is for a lot of these people. I don't know why they stand for it. They just know they do. And it doesn't matter how bad they are. They just do. You know, they just do. Yeah, exactly. That's a good point. I mean, um, Norman, great, great point there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Born a Broncos fan, live in Vegas. I understand. I Yeah, exactly. 
Cornhusky. I mean, but you get it, though. It's something inside you. You can't. There's nothing logical about it. There's nothing life changing about it. You just there's something about rooting for a team, right? It gives you sense of purpose. And for people that are lacking purpose and are desperate for affinity, they're going to go ahead and they're going to vote blue no matter who. But for those people that have been disaffected, this is where the conversion kicks in. Their only loyalty is to their wallet, to their 401k, to their retirement plan. I get it, kind of. I really do. There's a part of me that swears. It's like I got a split brain. I got to worry about my family on one hand. And in this world, I've got to worry about getting money. I've got to worry about paying bills. I've got to worry about all these things, right? And yet, I'm fundamentally saying, let's destroy the fire sector. Let's get rid of finance, real estate, and insurance. I'm, I'm ready to burn that fucker down. Without having an understanding of the economics, without being able to have an answer for the hope that lies within, the Democratic Party, if they ever were the good guys, is going to lose in spades because they don't have an answer to the inflation problem. They don't have an answer. It's not baked down. And they've got a bunch of people that are the type of people that won't talk about taxes don't fund spending. They'll say, look at Bernie's website. It tells you he's going to do a Wall Street speculation tax to pay for things. Those kinds of folks, folks, they're fucking like catnip for clones. They're all over the place. They aren't able to say, yeah, Bernie's using that kind of, you know, veneer to kind of let people think that. But you realize that whatever you tax, you legitimize. So if you tax the rich to pay for programs, which we know doesn't happen, then you better hope the rich stay rich because they won't be paying for your programs if they're not. You've got to do something to maintain them at that level so that they can keep funding your programs. It, 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 once you start thinking it through, you realize how stupid and ridiculous it is. But they can't help themselves. And that, my friends, is pushing people to the GOP. It's going to be a red wave like you wouldn't believe. It is. It's going to be one. And I, you know, I'm not happy about that, obviously. But let me tell you what's wild. Let me, let me give you the real kind of fucked up story. Kelton said it the whole time Trump was in office and people did not pay attention to her. When Donald Trump cut taxes, he cut taxes mostly for the wealthy. But he did cut taxes just a little bit at the bottom. And by cutting taxes a little bit at the bottom, people got to see a little bit of money in their pocket. By that tiny little token, that was enough to make people become sympathetic to Donald Trump in many cases. All it takes is that little tiny bit of a perk to break up class unity and class struggle. All it takes is the slightest perk to do that. <coughs> Democrats don't understand that. And as a result, by weaponizing student debt relief, Instead of just saying, we're going to wipe it out for everybody, Republicans, Democrats, rich, poor, black, white, gay, straight, it's gone. This is stupid. This isn't the way we want our country. Instead of him doing that, he said, well, these people over here deserve it, and those people over there deserve it, and maybe those people over there. Kind of hard to make a strong case that the nation that creates its own currency can wipe out these debts when you're doing that kind of shit. 
And Joe Biden definitely knows that that's true. But because he is a neoliberal and he demands his 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 entire MBNA existence demands that he makes it easy for businesses to capitalize, whether it be through credit cards, you name it. And this is why it's so important to read Brett Scott's book to find out how they're doing this stuff. Cloud money, Brett Scott, please get this book. And it plays into so much of the neoliberal culture we're breeding and creating. Okay. Why do you think places like Visa and Amex and all these other Amazons and stuff want you to have a UBI? Why do you think that, folks? Do you think it's because you sitting at home unemployed and still have money to spend on their shit might be part of it? Yeah. It's not because it's benevolent, because they don't give you enough to take you out of the workforce. They don't give you enough to do anything meaningful. They give just enough, to, even in the, the kinds of div, freedom dividend or this dividend or that dividend. It's all about a Trojan horse to come in to dismantle the social safety nets and literally make us literally uh, consumption units for these online transactions. I'm telling you, it is amazing. It has been evil genius level engineering, evil genius level shit, okay? And it's all part of this. And if Biden were to push back on that, he would really bite the hand that feeds. So your red wave is complete, folks. Now, if it doesn't transpire, great, whatever, I don't care. It's, I don't think you're fundamentally anything's going to change. I think this is still going to be the guy right here that you got. I think you're still going to get the ice cream man with his shade saying, hey, you know, corn pop. I think that's still what you're going to get regardless. He's going to be 86 years old by the time his term would end if he runs a second time. And I want you to think about this. Short of Bernie Sanders, who do you got? Who do you got? And again, Bernie's very imperfect and he's old too. Who do you think is the bench? It's Pete Buttigieg. That's your vote blue. Pete Buttigieg. They don't even want Kamala Harris. They've got her hidden away in the basement somewhere because every time she speaks, she just lets a fart. And believe me, they see this stuff. They know this stuff. They know it inherently know the stuff. And it doesn't pass the sniff test. Does not pass the sniffs test. Okay. And as a result of that, okay, as a result of that, there's no one carrying the story of the youth. There's no one bringing the stories of poverty out without having a meaningful primary contest against Joe Biden. None of our issues will be raised. It will be nothing but bashing Donald Trump or bashing DeSantis or whoever. It's never going to be about the things that matter to we the people. And so as long as those issues aren't addressed and all it looks like is they're attacking Republicans, what do Republic, what does anybody do when their team is attacked? They double down. They defend. It does not matter what the issue is. They double down and they defend. 
So Joe Biden and the Democrats and their strategy is sprinkling like fertilizer on fascists. They're creating Republicans. They're creating the mean-spirited same thing. They're creating these folks like you wouldn't believe by being feckless, having no answers for economics, and literally not delivering on what they say. If you can be beat by the parliamentarian, you are not strong enough to win a Republican voter over. And for those people standing on the line, you're going to push them right over the edge into the other camp. It's just a fact, Jack. It's just a fact. It's not a good fact. It's not a bad fact because, like I said, Joe Biden could have wiped out student debt. He could have legalized marijuana. He could have done so many things. He did not do any of them. Okay. I even fell for it when they talked about federal, you know, a pardoning federal, um, you know, marijuana possession. I mean, my God, for real. For real. It's kind of silly. And so this plays out. It's not hard to understand why people that are not socialists are not leftists are willing to vote for Donald Trump or whoever. It's, it's no wonder they have not given a real honest to God, real answer for any of the problems, starting with inflation to how we're going to pay for it, to national debt, to deficit reduction. They have no answers and they refuse to do the things that they could learn and last but not least, us MMTers are literally the only ones that see this thing clearly. Without the red and blue treatment, as they say with Michelle Witte and John Kiriko, without the red treatment, right? Political misfits reference there, folks. Anyway, I, uh, I hope that you will check us out on Saturday's Macro and Cheese. Um, I have a great guest. His, you've heard of him. You've talked to him. We've heard his stuff many times. Uh, Davarian Baldwin is my guest this week. And we are going to be talking about the origins of woke going back to the fifties. We're going to be talking about the code language, if you will, within African space, African-American spaces and gentrification. We're going to be talking about the way neoliberalism works to displace black and brown people, people in poverty, generational stuff and destroying communities, affinity groups. It's a very powerful story because in the light of the superficial bullshit happening that I mean, why the fuck do y'all listen to pop culture? Why do you pay attention to these idiots drumming up bullshit about, oh, oh, identity politics? Fuck it. You know goddamn well there are people out there that are oppressed, that are fucked with, etc. It's not like this is some grand change. Our country is founded on racism. Our country is founded on white supremacy. Our country is founded on slavery. Okay? So there's a lot of bad things that happen. Grow up, Peter Pan, Count Chocula. We got to address them. If you call that woke and it bothers you, man, you're probably not a great person, are you? Probably not a terribly great person. If you think CRT is taught to kindergartners, you're probably not a good person. Probably a shitty person, right? Because CRT is only taught in law school, folks. It's not even taught in PhD programs, taught in law school. But yeah, you got to talk about it for elementary school. What kind of idiot thinks that shit up? And what's worse, what leftist would think that that's a real thing to think? You'd have to be a fucking asshole, right? I mean, really, seriously, it's kind of embarrassing. But you know what? There's enough of them out there that really bought that CRT is being taught to your kindergartner, that they're teaching them how to be gay, that they're teaching them how to do gender reassignment surgery in kindergarten with paint by numbers. 
It's all the rage. It's all the rage, damn it. It's all the rage. Should I do it? Should I do it? Nah. Leave the brothers for another time. Anyway, I am hoping that you catch macaron cheese this weekend. I think I've got a uh, Friday macaron cheese uh, interview also uh, with Clara, Clara Matai, Friday. That'll be coming out in a few weeks. And then obviously, I have Tom Fozzie talking about how the left should not be celebrating Liz Truss falling down because people, once again, don't understand the economics. Don't understand them. So we're going to talk about that, too. I'm going to be talking with Tom Fozzie here in the next couple of days. Guy, Guy's pretty badass. He's a co-author with Bill Mitchell on the book Reclaiming the State. Anyway, and with that, I think, I think, I think I'm out of here. Yeah, I'm out. Bye. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to support our efforts please take a moment to subscribe and check out our other work on the real progress in action youtube channel and visit our sister organization's website at realprogressives.org 